to me, but I also want to introduce our guest or our uh, incredible speaker this morning. Um, I've known him since a uh, long time. Yeah, 12 or 13 is it? There you are. How are you doing? Hey, can I convince you to see Stephanie uh, if you'd like to do that? But I was thinking about uh, Pastor Bobby had called me yesterday. We were talking, or maybe it was the day before, we were talking about things. I remember his first sermon, and uh, Jason Brown is the head of um, uh, uh, ministries in Egypt and stuff. I remember his very first sermon because I gave them the opportunity to do that. Um, and uh, Jason Brown is uh, going to be back actually in about a few weeks, but he's in Egypt right now. Uh, and uh, uh, Bobby is this morning. And, uh, and um, uh, my sons all have went through and had their first chance, and they're all uh, uh, in the church this morning. So, you know, um, God is awesome, and it is a privilege as a church to be behind someone and let them minister. Amen? Amen. And I, uh, I have, both of you guys are getting all booklet or whatever, but they, these are good kids. These are good, not kids, adults, humans, <laughs> great people. And uh, uh, George, wife, son, I'm just thinking of all these people that come through. And now, Jacob Franklin, let's give him a hand. Amen. Thank you guys very much for having me here. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Well, I've been going to this church for probably close to 12, 15 years now. Uh, and started very young at middle school, coming here, trying to do what I can to help out. I remember pretty much the majority of it, probably I was up uh, in the back doing production. Uh, worked my way up now from production, production leader, kind of run everything back there. Amen. Make sure it's going well. Amen. Yeah, uh, yeah and I remember a couple, um, early to mid last year. Uh, Todd had asked me to speak up one of the sermons uh, for the series we're doing. And I was like, Todd, you're crazy. I'm not going to go do that. <laughs> and then Pastor Todd and I were we were going through a sermon, uh, another sermon series, this one specifically. It's like, hey, what do you think about speaking? I was like, I don't know, Pastor Todd, I don't know if I can do this. This is, you know, talking in front of people and stuff like that. So we did, you know, we, we talked about it more and more. I felt God was talking to, telling me to speak a message. And before I knew it, I said, yes, I'm going to do it, and this is the sermon that I went ahead and did. Uh, today we're going to be talking about the tale of mercy, this is the name of my sermon series. We're going to be kind of going over uh, just mercy in general. Uh, we're going to look at three different uh, points specifically, we're going to kind of build upon. The third point is the one that I really want you guys to take in and sink in. Uh, it's very important, you know, the first two, uh, I think you all know, and I think it's going to be a healthy reminder for us to take in and realize, but I think the third point is what's going to be what helps hit home for people. I know it did for me at least. Um, so, like I said, we're going to be taking a deeper look into mercy. We're going to be looking through Saul and David specifically. Uh, we'll read, we'll read a, quite a few verses. We have about four verses up, uh, four section of verses coming up before we go over. The first, uh, first point I have is the reason why we need to have mercy in the first place. Uh, mercy is, you know, the reason for mercy to exist. 
Uh, we're going to go ahead and take a look at Genesis chapter 3, uh, verse 4, and uh, through 7. Okay. Verse 4 through 7 reads as, But the servant said to the woman, You will not surely die, for God knows when you, when you eat it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So when, when the woman saw the tree was good for food, and that it was a delight to the eyes, and that, he, and that the tree was to be destined to make one wise, she took up its fruit and ate, and she also gave some to her husband who was with her. And he ate, and then the eyes both were opened, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed thick leaves together and made themselves into the cloths. That's right. Lord, thank you for letting us come together. I pray that you just let this sermon, you let this series, you let this church just speak your words, let your life be shown today, uh, and every day succeed. Uh, thank you for the word. Let us be able to just uh, take this in and remember uh, the words that you've given us, and let us be able to study them and know them deeper. Pray these things in precious name. Amen. Amen. All right, so in this case here, uh, I find any time that I'm wanting to know more about a certain subject, specifically this one, mercy, I find the best place to start, I might not always end there, but the best place to start is the beginning of the Bible, pages one and two, because when you start there, you can end up going anywhere else in the Bible. Uh, it's, very, it's very good, it's very uh, profitable, very profitable um, experience, my opinion. So in this case here, this is where man... Uh, man was in the, uh, in the garden, and they had, uh, they had the opportunity to uh, to be with God, live, uh, live among God, and be, be around. And at that, at that time, it's when the serpent came to them, as we read just now, about how the serpent had uh, spoke to had spoke to them and said that you know you'll, you'll know. And so God had given us the opportunity, he gave us the choice, he told us the consequences. Yeah, we still chose to Now, here's the crazy thing about this, though, is that if you look at the beauty of salvation itself, it's the fact that we get that opportunity to choose. And that's that's the amazing thing. God could have just made us minus for once. He could have taken away from them. But he gave us the opportunity to choose to choose the brightness. And that's the important part. That's what we need to remember, is that it's just you get that opportunity to love him. You get the opportunity to choose to love him. Um, he still wanted that relationship, and at this point is when God had to create mercy for us. At that point, when we chose to go against God, God had, uh, God had to create mercy in order to still have a relationship with us. Uh, same thing applies here. Uh, last week, Pastor Todd had brought in uh, a message of jealousy, and we talked about that specifically. <coughs> um, and it talked about between David and Saul. Saul had jealous, uh, jealousy for David because David was more popular, uh, maybe a bit stronger and things of that nature, but um, so Saul had sought to kill David in that, in that past. Uh, this thing, this also you know, will, will apply to us as we go forward in our points, uh, but we'll go ahead, go ahead and read 1 Samuel chapter 18, verses 10 through 11. Right All right, so then... Let me go ahead and start reading. The next day, a harmless spirit from God rushed upon Saul, and he raved within the house while David was playing in the wild. As he did, uh, as he did day by day, Saul had his spear in his hand, and Saul hurled the spear when he thought he, he would pin David to the wall, but David evaded him twice. Now, this is the case. Uh, Saul had these really bad headaches and these really bad, um, I, would, I would say, spirit over him. It's just 
you didn't be reasonable means, and nothing could please Saul in some case. Um, he would be very, he would be very upset. David, uh, he was a he was a singer. He played a specific instrument. He, he had all these songs. Um, he wrote, and these would soothe Saul. Um, and this in itself would probably enrage Saul. The fact that he needed David to uh, to, uh, to uh, be soothed, and so that jealousy was to keep kindling and kindling. And this brings us to the second point, which is God has mercy. Uh, he, has he has mercy for every single one of us. He has mercy for everyone in this room, everyone in this town, everyone in this city, everyone around the world. Um, he has mercy for all of us. And it's extremely important. Now, we see David uh, David has mercy for Saul in this case, too. So we're going to read how David, in this case, we're going to read about how David spares Saul's life, even after countless tests that Saul makes against David. Um, so we're going to, as we're reading more and more verses here, we're going to read 1 Samuel chapter 24, 8 through 11. Yeah. Uh, now before I start this, though, let me go ahead and just give a little bit of preference to this. So this is where David is fleeing for his life because Saul is chasing him. So David had gone into a cave at this point in Kaidi, and Saul had <laughs> Uh, Pastor Todd actually brought this up uh, last week in subsequent services before I get through. Uh, he talked about how, uh, David, or how David had the opportunity to kill Saul, actually multiple times, but David stared in Saul's life for a very specific reason. But in this case here, let's go ahead and read this real quick. Uh, afterwards, David also arose and went out of the cave, and he called after Saul, My Lord the King, and when Saul looked behind him, David bowed with his face to the earth and paid homage. So before we continue, he paid homage. So not only was he uh, not going to kill Saul, but he was also going to respect the, the anointed king of God. So Saul was, at this point, still an anointed king of God. Even though Saul had done all these horrible things, he was still the God chose to be a king. <coughs> we need to remember that. And we need to remember that as, we, as that pulls forward just into our own lives with the boss that we don't like, with the neighbors that we might not like because they play music at one end. <laughs> and David said to Saul, Why do you listen to the uh, words of men who say, Behold, David seek, seeks you on. Behold, this day your eyes have seen how the Lord gave you today into the, my hand into the cave. And some told me to kill you, but I spared you. I said, I will not put, my, put out my hand against my Lord, for he is the Lord's anointed. So he is only. He's calling David, or he's calling Saul, the the anointed, uh, the anointed king of God, and that's important to remember. Um, the same, like I said, the same thought process applies to us today, because there might be a, a crazy driver on the road that we might enjoy, enjoy. You might have road rage. There might be that boss who just doesn't seem to respect you guys. There might be that neighbor who doesn't seem to uh, have have personal boundaries. Um, it might not. It might be anything. But the fact is that God has put this person in your life, whether it be for a better or worse in your family. It's the fact that nothing happens by mistake. God has this plan. Nothing takes him by surprise. Now, um, now this, this may happen for a very specific reason. You might have the opportunity to minister to that person specifically, or you might not. <coughs> but if you, just, if you have that mercy for the person in the very beginning, you can't go wrong. If you have God's mercy that God has for you, can't go wrong. Because you can have that love for the same love that God has. Um, every, every one of us, we were, uh, we were wonderfully made in our mother's wounds. 
remember that this, this does not only apply to myself, it doesn't only apply to you guys, but this applies to that person that we're not happy with. Yeah. Um, Jesus had that same mercy to everyone in this room. Uh, Jesus had the mercy to seek out and um, people uh, who saw harm to him in his Pharisees later on in the Bible it has a uh, they had this uh, they, they sought to have this mercy. Uh, they sought to hurt him, harm him, and he had the mercy for them. Um, now he still he, he sought and he sought to pay a terrible price that he had to pay for us, just like in Adam and uh, Eve, they had to they had they had created sin and he had to uh, God had to create mercy for them and he had to kill a spotless lamb in order to in order to clothe them, in order to um, show them the love and the mercy. So at this point this that same tale, that same story um, applies to later on when Jesus had to do the same thing for us, that had to have mercy for us. And then, um, when he had to die upon the cross. Uh, now, here's the important part, and here's what really needs to take home for everyone, is he had, he had mercy for you, and he had mercy, you need to have mercy for others, but you need to accept his mercy. Yeah. You, and it's all for nothing if you don't accept his mercy. This is, this is the important part, this is the verse that I wanted to get to, the, the verse that I wanted to make sure that I knew about, was because you can, you can have that choice, he gives us the opportunity to choose between, uh, between life and death. And that, that same choice applies to Adam and Eve in the garden. That same choice applies to you today. And you can choose to have the mercy, to accept the mercy that he's given every single one of us. We're going to go ahead and read a little bit more. We're going to look at 1 Samuel 31, 4 through 5. And this is, um, in, my, uh, in my Bible, this is labeled the death of Saul. This is where uh, Saul had died. Um, now we, and I'll go ahead and just start reading real quick. Then Saul said to his armor bearer, Draw your sword and thrust me through with it, lest the uncircumcised come and thrust, uh, thrust me through and mistreat me. But his armor bearer would not, so he feared greatly. Therefore Saul took his own sword, and he fell upon him. And when his armor bearer saw that Saul was dead, he also fell upon his own sword and died with him. Now in this case, um, Saul had known the war was over, his, son, his sons were dead. Saul had, had pretty much, he, he decided to take his own life, he decided to die a very bitter and cruel man in this case. Uh, now this, this is kind of the two options that we have in front of us. It's not necessarily to the extreme, but, uh, it doesn't, it's not always to the extreme that we don't really have the opportunity to kill ourselves or things of that nature, but it could be just living a life very, uh, a life of just sadness and great uh, rejection of that, of that mercy. Or we have the opportunity to accept that mercy. Yes. Now, this is something that I personally battled with myself as far as accepting that mercy, all the way up until just quite recently, quite frankly. Is we've had that opportunity. I might not have accepted that mercy for a very long time. I, I, you know, of course, I love God and I always loved Him, but I didn't think I was good enough to accept His mercy. <coughs> I thought it was too far to I thought it was all that. I thought that there was no way that I could be saved. Now, this is important because Saul had the Saul had this had the opportunity to accept his mercy. He had the opportunity time and time again. See, Saul was confronted with the, uh, with his iniquities. He was uh, confronted with what he was done wrong. And at that point, he could have chose to accept the mercy, but he still decided to go with his own route. He decided to go away from that. The same thing happens to Jesus. 
uh, whenever, not Jesus specifically, but one of the followers of Jesus, one of the followers turned against Jesus, and he had the opportunity to accept it, but he, he decided to take his own life too. Um, now, David, as we talk about David in this sermon series, we go over how great a leader he was. He wasn't perfect. He still sinned. He still created pretty bad evils, actually. We're going to take a look at uh, David's moral failure, actually. Now, I'm not going to make you guys read the whole chapter, but 2 Samuel chapter 11 talks about how David had taken a wife of one of his top men. So, David, let me start from the beginning here. David had gone to war with um, a specific nation, and David, normally the king goes with the, with the uh, his army, or with his uh, army, and he would, he would go fight with his army. That was kind of what they would do back then. That was just the, the, the honorable, honorable thing to do. David did not, did not go. He stayed back and sent his army to do it. First mistake. And then, after that, David had one day decided to, he arose from his couch. He went up onto the rooftop and he saw, he saw a very beautiful woman uh, taking a bath on top of her house. Because the way, the way it worked out was his, his house was up on a hill and the rest of the kingdom was down here. And so he could see everyone. He saw this and he saw this woman taking a bath and he decided that he's going to have her, um, he's going to have her come into his house. Now, when he found out who it was, he, he still proceeded to go harass her. He still, he had, he had, he decided to lay with uh, um, one of his top leaders, one of their wives, with the wife. And he decided to go and um, And in that case, that female had become pregnant, that she would, uh, she had become pregnant. And when David uh, heard about this, he was like, he was embarrassed uh, because he, you know, I'm, I'm the king, I'm, I'm supposed to be the chosen one, I'm supposed to be good. Try to hide it. He, bring back, he brought back the king. Um, he brought back the um, the leader to go ahead and try to have him um, to cover it up, to have him try to go along with his wife and do that. So that would be a leader to decide to, the leader to make a look like the leader is the father of this child. Even though that God can see right through this, God can see all, all of our sins, all of our failures. Now, this, now the leader decided he wasn't going to do that. He's like, you know, my men are sleeping. My men are sleeping out of the battlefield. They, you know, they can't do that. Neither can I. I'm just, I'm going to stay here and uh, I'm going to sleep out on the porch steps. Pretty much. He made it a very public deal, so everyone knew that this leader was not going to sleep with his wife. So they would, they would pretty much thought process like, man, this was, this was going to be a perfect doubt. Now, what am I to do? So what David does, like any, any same person, he has the leader killed. <laughs> so, uh, so he, what he does is he takes the, he has uh, the army, he tells one of the leader, he says, hey, leader B, hey, leader A, go out and um, go out to a really bad part of the uh, fight, and then uh, right as the tide's about to turn, right as we're about to leave, retreat from the leader A. And so leader A dies, unfortunately. David takes Bathsheba as his wife at this point. Now, um, David's confronted by Nathan, actually, specifically. Uh, in chapter 12, over this, uh, David he, he goes over a, he goes over a story, kind of a parable, saying about how you know a rich man and a poor man have rich man doesn't have uh, a specific, like a type of meat he is, uh, but the poor man does. The rich man takes it from the poor man, and you know, there's that. And then David says, "What do you, what do you think about this wrongdoer, this rich man?" David says, "This is horrible. This is uh, that." The rich man should be put to death and uh, forced to pay for uh, fourfold. And then David, and then Nathan tells David, "You are this rich man. You are the person who took the 
So you had no right to that's you. You still did what you did. Uh, after David saw this, he repented. Now he did this in Second uh, Samuel chapter twelve, I believe, in verse thirteen. But he he repented, and that's the important part. It's the same thing happened to Saul from the first Samuel. He he had done something wrong, but instead of falling to his face and repenting before the Lord, he decided to just go his own route. David saw what he was doing. He saw his iniquities. They said he wants no part of it. He decided to accept the mercy of God because he knew God was a God who could forgive him. Um, now, if you take that mercy and throw it away, like I said, it only is going to hurt you. Um, I can't say that, it, like I said, it's going to be life or death or it's going to be the exact same situation as Saul and David, but I can say the Bible makes it very clear that the only way God is in Jesus. There's no if, ands, or buts about this. You need to accept Jesus. Amen. Amen. Um, now, at a young age, Bob, uh, Pastor Bobby had uh, was at this church, and he was preaching. He was a youth pastor, actually, one of my youth pastors. And a great man, love him to death. He was um, really great. He, <laughs> um, he told me something whenever I had, I had opened up to him about a very specific sin. And I, talk, I talked about it, and I said, I don't know why I can't. Uh, I can't get over this, and I can't do this. And Bobby told me, he said, you can't be the one who saves me. You can't be the one who does the right thing. There's no right thing to do. There's no right thing to say. It's not anything like that. It's accepting the mercy of God. And for a very long time, like I said until recently, I didn't understand what that meant. What do you mean? What What do you mean? I can't. I can't do an action. There's not a specific thing I can do that will get me to heaven. This doesn't make sense. And the only thing I can come down to it is there's not going to be an action. There's not going to be a word or some combination that will prevent you from doing that to something or not doing. It something that you should do. It's not going to be anything like that. But the only thing that can do it is if you decide to go towards God. If you decide to accept His mercy. Um, maybe it is opening the Bible. Maybe it's reading it. Maybe that's what brings you closer. Maybe it's turning on your favorite praise song. But something, when you know that you shouldn't be doing something, maybe you should be forgiving a specific person, or maybe you shouldn't be doing something else. Maybe you, um, I don't know, fill in the blank, but there's, maybe there's something you shouldn't do and there's something you should do, but you seem to always do the thing you shouldn't do. And then what, what you need to remember is you need to go towards God in that case by just saying to yourself, as easy as it is, just say, God, let your will be done, not mine. So for me personally, I'm, I'm a simple man. I'm, I'm not very smart. So what, for me, the only thing I could ever utter that would ever help me out I would just say, Jesus. The power of the name of Jesus is powerful. Yes, amen. I would just repeat it over and over. Jesus, Jesus, yes. Jesus. And after so after so long, I would just decide, all right, you know, this is your will, not mine. And whenever I would notice that I'm starting to take the reins back, that's whenever I would know that I need to give them back to Jesus. Because that's whenever I would start to fail. That's whenever I would start to do that. But the, the thing is, I might fail again. I'm going to actually. I'm going to fail. I'm going to choose wrong again. I'm going to do something I don't need to do, or I'm not going to do something that I need to do. But I need to accept Jesus' mercy. If you hold yourself in your prison cell, then it's, it's doing no one good, not yourself, not Jesus, or anyone around you. If you if Jesus gives you the key and opens up that cell, but you just slow, close it right in front of his face, that's on you. You yeah. need to accept that mercy. Um, so, 
had funny enough, I had talked about earlier today, I like how this sermon, this sermon might go really short, so I'm starting to come towards the end of it. But I have, a, I have a little bit more for you here. Um, so there's a, Pastor Todd and I have had the opportunity to go to a conference recently about, um, uh, about you know, just kind of like church, church and kind of being leader in church and things like that, and trying to figure if then he had gone over a lot of stuff and Pastor Dale Moore, right? Pastor Dale Moore, he had gone over this with us and he went over a few things. And I take a lot of notes from there. One of the things he brought up, which was really just, it was eye-opening and it was, it was putting words to something I couldn't, I, I knew about, but I couldn't have So he had talked about kind of the cycle of sin, and the, kind of the cycle of breaking from sin. So we, we come to, we're going to start at the very beginning of the scenario here. Um, you have a certain set of beliefs, but your behaviors or your actions are different. So you start noticing that, all right, there's, some, there's an issue here. My behaviors and my beliefs aren't mine. So then from there, you start to realize that your behaviors are putting you in bondage. So your bondages are going to be you know, anything along the lines of you just, for whatever reason, you can't break away from that specific uh, sin that you can't break away from, whether it be lust, whether it be gluttony, uh, greed, any of that. Uh, you can't break away from it. And then from there, you feel broke because you try to try to time and time and time again that you cannot get away from this. That's the thing, is you're never going to be able to come away from this. You're never going to be able to have an action and do it yourself. And then from there, that's when God's like, I got this. Thank you finally for stopping and trying. Stop trying. Stop trying to do something and just let me do it. So that's whenever your that's whenever your bondages are broken. Because of your brokenness. So from there, that's whenever your brokenness becomes a blessing. That's when you can come up here and speak and start talking to people about whatever it is that might help them. Because someone in this room might be going through the same thing that I was going through just a couple months ago. Yes. And then from there, I want to close on a few things here real quick. You might think that you're too far gone. You might think you're too far staying, that God can never forgive you. But the thing is, you have no say what God can and can't do. He is the God of creation. He is the God who created everything you see in this room, everything you see in this world. He has made the earth, he has made the heavens, he has made everything in this world. You have no right to tell God that he can't do it. He can forgive you. As, you were, as we close today, as you remember something, as the thing that you need to remember is you are a child of the living God and accept it. That's it. <laughs> <laughs>